0: This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and a special guest. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, y'all. Hello, and welcome to the Behold podcast. You made it. You did it. You're here. We're there. It was there. a
1: lot of... Hopefully it wasn't too hard for them to, to get here. <laughs> I feel like hey. it's... I feel like it's... You just push a button, right?
0: Don't don't you belittle my experience. What if I had a hard time getting on this morning? Hey, if that's you listening, that you had a hard time, we're with you we 're
1: glad and we 're glad you 're with us
0: Wow, uh, that said, how are you doing dan i 'm doing great'm um, <clears throat> feeling a little under the weather
1: uh, Cohen last week had a, he was patient zero in our house with this little cold. Uh, and, uh, we did a COVID test and it came back negative, And then we did another COVID test and it came back negative. So I think it's just, uh, it's all kind of passing around the Gillette house. It's my turn to have it. So I'm, uh, pretty sure it's not COVID, but I'm just hanging at home, uh, for, you know, a little bit and, uh, gonna keep an eye on things. Um. It's always funny. We, you know, Emily had it, Parker and Cohen had it. Um, we always joke Hazel is, uh, she's like the cockroach of our family. Like she will, can survive anything. She never gets sick. Like we can, we all get it. And she's like the last one, you know, she never, she, she would like survive like a, a nuclear Holocaust, I believe she's uh she's just indestructible, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, other than that doing well. So, um. I'm looking forward to we were joking earlier this I feel like this is going to be a real sick pod because uh because I'm a little sniffly and congested and uh our original guest Nate Baird um he is not going to be with us too because he had a migraine today so um you know we're at, we're punting a little bit
0: why don't you tell him Sean who we got instead for a little cameo Well I was going to save it and have it be like a mailman coming to the door, Mr. Rogers kind of moment. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <Mr. laughs> uh, Say hey there in the background, Mr. Uh, Charles Lyle.
2: Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, Dan, quick question on. Uh, regarding Hazel, because Stella is the same way. She doesn't get yeah. sick often. And I attribute it to the fact that when she was like two, between the ages of two and five, like, she put everything in her mouth. Like she did, like <laughs> when she would go down the slide at the park, she would just lick the slide on the way down. Like she was so disgusting, but like oh, I think it hilarious. established an immune system that is just incomparable. It's, it's incredible. Yeah.
1: Well, without, um, without, uh, providing any future, uh, you know, reason for her to be mad at me, her, her teenage self, you know, in the future, I'm, I'm going to refrain from answering that question, but, uh, I, I'll just say this: uh, it's probably a very similar situation over here.
2: Hey, but also, likelihood of of <laughs> Hazel going back and listening to all these podcasts when she's a uh,
1: I will rate that as very likely. I like um, she's my mouth. number. She's my number one
0: fan. That's going to be the Gillette punishment when she's grounded. <laughs> you have to sit and listen to ten <laughs> beholds in a row. <laughs> That's good, and and you have to create
1: transcripts of them all. Type them out as we. Or on a blackboard with a piece of chalk. you got to write transcripts of our
0: of our nonsensical ramblings. Wow. Uh, well, to bring some sense into it, Charlie, you can speak into this. So this last Sunday, Jason did a review and use, right, for thus far in our Love and Liberty series in 1 Corinthians. And I heard a lot of great things, but since we're going to be focusing on that, Charlie, maybe you can give us a little bit of when you did the review and use at the Ultimat, some of the ways that you emphasized where we've been so far, and some of the the midway takeaways, if you will.
2: Yeah, I'd love to do that. I, I think it'll be good too for your guys' discussion on on what Jason did with that time. Um, in, in the few things that I've heard, I've heard it went great with Jason. I heard that he did a fantastic job of just demonstrating what what this love looks like and why it impacts our life so much. Um, I I kind of allowed Philippians one verse nine to be the kind of the main focus of our time together. And, and what Philippians 1.9 says, Paul says, My prayer for you to, this, to the church in Philippi is that your love will abound more and more in knowledge and all discernment. And I, I just love, I love that because it gives, uh, controls on love. It gives parameters on love that our love, um, both in, in how we experience that from God, but also in the way that we exercise it with others. Um, it, it is regulated by truth, by knowledge, by an understanding of what God has, has done for us. Um, but it's also regulated and controlled by this thing of all discernment. And, it, and, and, what that means is in every situation that you would discern how best to love how best to um come alongside somebody to care for somebody to uh, lay down your rights for somebody whatever it might be um and so i just love that that picture of it because one it gives us kind of a framework to have a a right understanding of love um And it gives us a task that is so wonderful to explore God's love for us. And I I said on on Sunday a a few weeks back just how, um, just like in any relationship, uh, we never reach the end of figuring out somebody's love for us or figuring out how to love somebody else. Mm -hmm. Because it's done within relationship. There's always a dynamic going on where, where we've got to discern. We've got to figure out what this looks like. We will never reach the limits of God's love for us, right? We we have very clear descriptors of what God's love looks like, right? But we'll never reach the limits of the experience of His love. And so, man, to grow in that understanding, to continue to abound more and more in love, with knowledge, and then also with this this sense of how do I best exercise this with other folks, um, was just a, a a fun thing to go through. And then we spent our time, the rest of our time that Sunday, just discussing. Uh, the the magnitude of God's love for us to, I said, bask in the glow of, of God's love for us. Um, and then also figuring out what is accomplished as we grow in that love. You know what I mean? That we've experienced the freedom from fear. We we experience growth in Christ likeness. Uh, we experience unity within our community. You know what I mean? Like all, all these incredible things that should motivate us. That's my, that's my two cents. <laughs>
1: Wow, Charlie, man, that was that was so good. I, I wish I wish I could have been there for that. And um, I know you guys don't record them over there at the Altamont, yeah, but um, we do now.
2: We do now. You
1: do now. That's fantastic. New. Are those going to be start, starting to be available for
2: us uh, yeah, on SoundCloud, or what are you guys right. going to do there? Yeah, I think that we have nice. them almost for the last what month and a half.
0: Last or
1: so. Two months or so, dude. That's really great. I think yes. that's good for people to know. So, Beholders, if you want to go and <clears throat> you know hear some of the other teachers over at the Altamont. Um, please avail yourself of that, but but anyway, you know I just love the idea or the truth of man. Like we don't just know about God's love or experience God's love just for our own selves to feel better about our own selves, like or just to just to make life sweeter and nicer and better. Obviously, that happens. Like we do um, experience incredible joy and freedom and security. Um, and promise because we belong to God, but it's not meant just so that we can hoard it all to ourselves. Like the, the point of it is so that we can, um, you know, share that with the people that God brings into our circles. And so I love that idea of um, really seeking out that understanding of how to do that Um, because it, it gives purpose to, what we're experiencing with our, with our, our loving father.
2: Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it's, it's something that can feel mysterious, but it's not like you look at any relationship you have. And when that relationship is firing on, on all cylinders and there's, or, or even, or even if it's just this special day where your spouse or a loved one just makes you feel so loved and so cared for and so heard and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like that changes the quality of your day. It changes the quality of the way you relate to other people. It's that I've no got God. a river of life flowing out of, out me. of me, makes them to makes walk, walk in the, the back, right? Like see. because yeah. we're being filled, the cup runs over, and and so uh, it's just a natural thing that takes place. So we've got we've that. got to be diligent, though, to as I said, bask in the glow of His love for us. Yeah.
1: What, a, what it definitely changes the perspective too of like, um I don't know how we pursue God, how we spend time with Him, you know, like how we uh, walk in in the Spirit throughout the day, and it just it just gives us a different kind of goal, you know. It's not about knowing more things or about um, being this religious like goody two shoes, you know. It, it's about like it's about being loved and loving others, you know, and and just letting letting that drive things. Um, that
2: sounds familiar to something Jesus said regarding the greatest commandment, right? Like, wow. <laughs> love the Lord, your God that's, with every yeah. bit of who you are and love others as yourself. Like that's it. Yeah. That's it. It sums up the whole law. Yeah. It's really good.
1: Wow. Well, yeah, and and <clears throat> Jason did a great job and I keep, I keep talking and Sean, I'm waiting for you to jump in, but I'm just going to go for it. You know, Jason, Jason <laughs> talked uh, just from first Corinthians chapter 13, just about, man, like I can, I can have all of these, um, great, uh, attributes and qualities and abilities. You know, I could speak in, in, tongues of men and angels. Um, I can, you know, have the gift of prophecy. I can understand mysteries and knowledge and, and I can have faith that is so great. It can move a mountain. Um, I, I can give everything I have and, 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 and serve the poor. I can even give my body over to hardship. Um, but if I don't have love, I'm only a resounding gong. You know, if I if I don't have love, I'm nothing.
2: Yeah, if I love I, I love what Paul's doing yeah. there, right? Because he's using yeah. these hyperbolic like extremes, right? Yeah, like if yeah. I am if yeah. I am the poster child for whatever this this thing is of martyrdom or of you know yeah. I'm going to deliver my body to be burned, right? Like these these mm-hmm. extremes. He's using hyperbole to prove the point that even even if we are the absolute definition of these things if it doesn't have love behind it it's worthless
0: yeah, I yeah. think that's yeah. so so like interesting to talk about because I feel like a lot of times right now even on this podcast the conversation usually sounds more like hey we're we're being too worldly you know like we're focusing too much on our careers we're worrying too much about money our work, our schedules are too busy and then for us the, the encouragement is like man just even to any degree, like tie into the Lord, focus on the eternal things, yada yada. yada. But then it's just so humbling. The Paul's like, no, you could be doing all of that. You know, all those things we're talking about, you could be doing every single one of them. But if your heart's in the wrong place, and you don't have that that agape love, which now you're gonna talk about in a second on, on your mind and on your heart. You're just you're missing the point entirely.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's and I think it I think it simplifies things for us it it makes things um joyful for us, you know. I think some so many times I talk to people and it just feels like they're they're them following Christ is just so like um I don't know like there's a striving to it. Like they're 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 just kind of like anxious and um <clears throat> you know unsecure and like f- you know, it kind of goes back to like that works-based kind of mentality. Trying to right? earn
2: something, yeah.
1: They're trying to earn something, you know. And I love the 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 phrase that Nate uses a lot. Um, Nate Baird uses a lot. He just says, man, like when you read through uh, the New Testament, you see followers of Christ with hearts at rest, you know. Yep. and And it doesn't matter what the circumstances are. It doesn't matter if they're suffering or they're experiencing loss or grief or, um, you know, they're being stretched. It, there, there's just this this sense of belonging that quiets them and gives them a, an inner peace. You know, um, I love, I've been thinking a lot about just, um, <clears throat> what's that passage in Hebrews that says, like, we... Um, we have like this hope in Jesus as like an anchor for our soul, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like when, when we're tossed around or when things are trying to toss us around, you know, we, we stay grounded in, in the hope that we have in Christ, you know, you know what um, the
2: beautiful thing about that passage, man, I've, I've been studying that recently just because, um, you know, with, with some of the tragedy in, in my life and, and going through the suffering that this season has, has been defined by, um, you know, I've, I've wanted to allow, you know, the trial to do what God says he'll do in those things to produce character and hope in those kinds of things. Yeah, and you know, the, the, yeah. the, the final result of going through difficulty is, is that hope being refined. And this is the beautiful thing is that our hope is grounded in this, that we have a savior who has already passed through the heavens, right into the heavens. Yeah, and, yeah, and we yeah. have absolute confidence that we will go where he is and, and how that just changes everything. But again, like we've been talking about, if that is not um, Dan, are you blowing your nose? <laughs> so uh,
1: I turned the microphone volume down so oh, no sorry, could, sorry, no one could hear. And I just then, heard, and s- now you just blew my cover.
2: I blew your cover. Oh, you still
1: heard it, even even with the, my microphone volume well, it's down. Oh it's not boy. the Zoom input. Oh, that's right. You'll hear. Okay, yeah. Uh, this but, is a really professional podcast, by the way. Hey, I don't know if you guys know this. Snot and and
2: boogers. It's great. Sick pod. Sick pod. Um, but yeah, like what that hope does, though, is that it it continues to point us back to the love the Father has for us that we, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, might be called children of God. Like it is it is it is because of his love for us that we have such a bold hope and such an anchor for the soul that we can have yeah. that peace and that, that tranquility and that rest mm, in the midst of, yeah. of difficulty, you know, and I, I think so often about like my own kids, when they see something scary or they're going through a moment where where they're feeling the grief and the weight of life and, and, and those kinds of things, when they just snuggle in, you know what I mean? Like, like there might still be tears and there might still be, you know, needing to talk through things, but that's part of the love, right? But there is a rest that they experience when they're snuggled right into their dad. And man it's that so is good. that is what we have access to.
1: It's so good.
0: Yeah. That's really encouraging and I think it's you know thinking about Jason's symbol example, you know, with just our, our life being noisy gongs. Actually, why don't you describe what he did for those who yeah, were there? Yeah, it's kind
1: outside. of fun so and you can go watch this on the on the stream if if you want to go back and you know check it out on YouTube, but um he had me bring up this this symbol, and he just wanted to he was like he was like, "Is it okay if I just just bang on this thing like as hard as I can um because he really wanted to show the extreme nature uh, uh that Paul goes to um to when he says a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal you know there's no it's not a pleasant sound it's <laughs> abrasive it's um you know, it's something that is painful in, in in a way, and I think we try to do so much, even good things, like in the name of God or or you know for a moral good cause or whatever. But um, we're not letting it be like you were saying, Charlie. This overflow of of the loving relationship that we're experiencing with our Father, um, and you know, it's kind of interesting just a little uh, music geek out moment. Um, So when you're, when you're playing drums, um, one of the first things you learn as a drummer is whenever you hit a a crash cymbal, like Jason was hitting on Sunday, you also hit the kick drum. And for those of you that don't know, the kick drum is it's that, it's that low tone, that boom, boom kind of thump sound. And what it does is it, is it provides a a base, a, a foundation tonally for that symbol to, to, to sit in. Um, and it actually scientifically does something different to your eardrum. Your, your eardrum responds differently when that low frequency is happening together with the high frequency and it makes it a much more pleasing, pleasant sound. Um, and it's just really fascinating because you could be hitting that So, like, if Jason was banging on that cymbal, like, it was so funny because people were, he was like, hey, as soon as you, as soon as you get to the point where you feel like you can't stand it anymore, like, raise your hand. I want to (laughs) hear. And, like, people were throwing their hands up. And then he just kept going. He just kept going. It was really funny. (laughs) Typical mug. (laughs) I know. I know. But if he would have, but it's really fascinating. And Sean, correct me if I'm wrong on this, but, like, if he would have also been hitting the kick drum at the same time, it still would have been loud, but it wouldn't have uh, been perceived as harsh, um, for people's ears. And I think that's a really cool analogy. Like love is the kick drum, uh, you know, to our action. Love is, love is the kick drum oh to God. our symbol, you know? So like when we do, you know, when we, um, give money to the poor, you know, when we instruct our children and discipline them, you know, when we, uh, have reconciliation between our, you know, friends that, that are, that are having beef or when we love our coworker or honor our parents or whatever, like if we're not doing it with the kick drum, the bass, the, the, the love, then it's just going to come, it's going to be annoying for people. It's going to be grating to their ears. So I just love that analogy was very, um, I mean, it's in the Bible, so it makes sense.
0: <laughs> Enough said. Well, I think, like, to some degree, I think most of us who have existed in the Christian sphere for a while have seen that, you know. We've seen either famous examples of that gone wrong and people really abusing the name of Jesus publicly, you know, who did that. You yeah. know, they, they they had the lights and the things, and they did the, the, They said this and that, but then at the, end, at the end of the day, their hearts weren't there, and it ended up... Not even just, oh, they missed out, but they, they damaged the image of Jesus publicly, yep. which is such a shame mm-hmm. because of their noisiness, and their gonginess, you know. Mm-hmm. But then even, I think, like, level down from that, I think most of us have had relationships with people who, you know, they're checking out church and they want to start serving and all that stuff. But then somewhere along the lines, they they do the things, but you can just tell their hearts aren't there, you know. They show up on Sunday. They, they know some of the verses. They know the Christianese. But the way that they live their lives, the way they lead their families, the choices they—the things they choose to pursue or the things to give up, it just points to something else than Jesus being their their hope that Charlie was talking about. They're putting their hope in something else, which is just sad to see.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that it comes back to, like, I- even at the very beginning, right, we were created—humanity was created in the image of God. And, man, we could spend 45 podcasts talking about what the image of God—what that, what that holds, right? But— when we think about who God is as, as a, a self-giving spirit, right. As, as, um, you know, as, as loving, (laughs) you know what I mean? As, as, uh, not, not self-focused in a way that, that is, that is detrimental, right? Like Mm -hmm. that, that speak, he's he's relational, right? Like, and man, I think that that's part of the problem when the image gets broken, is that not only is our relationship with God severed, but it, it severs the relationship we are to have with one another. And because life becomes about me, it becomes about mm-hmm. self-preservation, it becomes about self-satisfaction, it becomes about my own comfort. Um, and and really, that's what the whole thing is that Paul's getting to in, in this series that we're going through in 1 Corinthians 8 through 10, is he's saying, stop concerning yourself with just your own rights, with your own ideas, with your own stuff. <laughs> right. And we're, we're laughing because Dan turned his mic down, but he's sneezing like a madman. Like this is I'm the so sickest sorry. podcast I've ever <laughs> been a part so of. Sorry, I'm um, so sorry, guys. But you know what I mean? Like I, I just yeah, yeah. like well, that's that's well, what he's uh, getting to. And he's like, man, don't you realize that you have been saved from needing to think in those terms or being enslaved yeah. to thinking in those terms? it's not a it's not about you and there is such a freedom because we get to actually operate in how we were created to operate relationally right like and obviously sin still can can have its impact in our life and and we still live in a fallen world so we haven't fully stepped into the fullness of of that image bearing but yeah man, we've got this freedom to grow in that expression
0: man that's I think it's so interesting because. Like right now, we're pretty consumed in life with who we quote unquote are. You know, who are you? Who are you going to be? And people, all all different things. They form their identities around this. I am this. Fill in the blank. But I'm so glad you brought up just the relational plan that God has for His people, because God says no. The 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 worth of this and how you're going to demonstrate who Jesus is is not based on who you're going to be in the world. It's based on how you're going to love people in the world, on how you're going to sacrifice to others in the world, how you're going to, to to, like you said, be relational to those around you. So you we can't just, like, go under a rock somewhere and be this perfect Christian and expect to spread the gospel, right? Advance God's kingdom. Yeah. It's so, yeah. so fitting. Yeah, I think it's well, so funny,
2: it, too. Just one, one last thought on this, just is, for me, is Jesus did not say the world will know that you're my disciples by... Uh, the fact that you escape society and hide out in a cave, right? He, he doesn't say the world will know you're my disciples by um, by all the external things you do. They're gonna know you're my you're my disciples because you are expressing the same love that I have shown you to one another. That 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 is the basis of it. And man, if we want to be folks who adorn the gospel, who are the aroma of Christ to God, who 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 reveal the significance and beauty and riches and blessings of the gospel. It is done through this act of self-sacrificial love that God first demonstrated to us in his son and that we now have freedom to to express to others.
1: Well, and, and you see it all throughout scripture and Jason did a great job on Sunday, unpacking that for us. There's this, there's this covenant keeping, sacrificial never-ending love that God has for his people and and in, in the Hebrew language it's the word hased and then we've referenced it already but um, in the New Testament in' it's written in Greek uh, the word agape comes and it's it's this special kind of love that God has um, and it's it's uh it's not based on um, performance you know it's not based on um, how lovely the object is. It's just, it's just based on God being a generous, um, outpouring, giving God. And so, um, it, it, Jason did a great job of, of unpacking that. And, and I think, um, you know, I, I wanted to read this, uh, this, this little sentence from the Jesus storybook Bible, um, which, which we use in our house a lot, um, to, to, Um, just share with our kids the story of scripture and um, after the fall in the garden of Eden, um, you know, just talks about how uh, Adam and Eve, you know, they have to leave the garden and they have to, they have this, this new um, (laughs) weight of, of sin and death, you know, and, and it's a very um, sad, bleak scene um, but what the what the Bible or what the storybook Bible goes on to say after that is um, is just this. I'll read it. It says, "But this is not the end of the story. God loved his children too much to let the story end here. Even though he knew he would suffer, God had a plan, a magnificent dream. One day he would get his children back. One day he would make the the world their perfect home again." One day he One would day, wipe away every tear from their eyes. And this is, this listen is to this, this is so good. so good. I think this describes this hasset or this agape love. He says, no matter what, in spite of everything, God would love his children with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. And that's that, that covenant keeping love that we see. Um, I want to tell a story. We, uh, we got invited, Emily and I did, to a wedding. Um, on Sunday. And uh if you guys were um, around in California, uh <laughs> there was a massive storm that came through. Um I hope we I hope we all survived because it was uh it was apocalyptic. <laughs> it, you know, it seemed. But anyway, so we we hopped in the car and we're we're driving out um to Marin County, this little town called Fairfax, to go to this wedding. And um when we it was pouring down rain the whole time, it's over an hour to get there. We we're hydroplaning all over the place. Like it was a harrowing trip. Um, but we, we pull in to the town It's a cute little downtown. And, um, and you know, everybody's kind of like frantically, you know, getting out, trying to get out of the rain or dry, you know, there's police and fire trucks everywhere. And, um, we heard this like siren going off and we, we were like looking around for like, is there a fire truck coming or an ambulance or something? We couldn't figure it out. At one point, I thought, um, "Is Jesus coming back? Is this like a trumpet kind of a situation happening?" Um, but it, but it turned out to be this flood warning, and so we're like, "Wow, it's, it was so creepy and weird and just kind of like surreal." So anyway, we get to the venue; it's pandemonium. There's people running around everywhere. Uh, it was originally supposed to be an outdoor wedding, so they're moving everything inside. Um, everybody's there setting up. You know, photographer, DJ, caterer, florist, all this stuff. They usher us into. This area where we're all crammed in, um, and uh, we're sitting down just waiting for the ceremony to start. Well, a couple minutes before the ceremony, the minister comes up and basically says, "Hey, thank you guys for all for all being here. Um, We've just been informed by city officials that they're evacuating because of the flooding, and um, we're going to do the ceremony, but uh, the reception has been canceled." And, um, and um, we were all we were just all so just shocked, shocked, you know, and, and I, you, you, there was just this like super big like letdown, you know. But it was so cool um, when we when we finally got to see the bride and groom up in front and, and just giving, doing their vows and, and making a covenant to each other before God and man. And I think it really just reminded me of this of this covenantial love that God has for us. Mm because it's not dependent on the circumstances, you know? And I think that's what's so unique about a Christian wedding is, I think a lot of people do a wedding for the party, <laughs> you know? Like, yep. I think that's that's the focus, you know? Um, and so it was cool to be somewhere where that wasn't even going to happen. But but these people were all in on, um, on making this covenant to each other. And I just think it's, it was such a beautiful picture of this... Um, You know, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Like, like monsoon, flooding, evacuation, you know, like nothing's going to stop this, this kind of love. And um, and I just thought that was, I thought it was really cool. And and I I hope that as we kind of dig into this more and, and experience this more, I don't know, like it'll, it'll transform us.
2: You know, it'll, it'll really change the way we live. Well, I think it's so, so important too, like, because it is this self-sacrificial, you know, self-giving thing, but it, it, you know, agape and hased also carries with it, um, affection. It's, it's, it's an mm. affectionate word, right? That there is That's this, good. That's and, good. and I, and I love that. I love to think about that, dwell on that, bask in the glow of God's affection for me. Like it's so undeserved. It, it, it doesn't make much sense to me. But it's who he hmm. is. And I'm, I'm thinking, and Sean, let me ask you some questions here. Um, how much uh, cleaning around the house does Wendy do?
0: Um, well, she's really good at licking food <laughs> off the floor. Licking food off the no, floor. That sounds, no yeah. cleaning.
2: No cleaning, right? And and how much does <laughs> she bring in um, to the bottom line financial situation of the family?
0: We're working on her influencer page, but it hasn't taken off yet. <laughs> yeah, right. So zero of that, too.
2: <laughs> right? Like, like. <laughs> Are I mean they're cute, right? And you can post them on social media and maybe like you know, milk something out of them of value. But they they intrinsically don't really offer value in in a in a cold kind of sense to our lives, right? And yet, Sean, do you have affection for Wendy? I do. Would you do anything for Wendy? Yeah. Would you give up your own life for that little girl? Twice. Right? <laughs> right? And 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 a hundred times after. Like. And that only scratches the surface of God's affection for us. Like I, I just am, am, am I marvel at at what that love looks like. And again, as I do that, as I marvel in that, as I think on that, as I dwell on it, it it produces yeah. um a change in the way that I interact with other people's lives, right? And and how yeah. I'm able to, to to love them.
1: Charlie. What do you think blocks people from experiencing that? You know, like, have you guys ever heard, talk to somebody who's like, I know God, I know God loves me or I know God loves his people, but I just don't, I don't feel like he loves me. Like that can't be true for me. You know, like, have you guys ever encountered somebody that was wrestling with that? And what do you
0: think is the cause? Like what's behind that? I think most often it's it's they don't have an understanding of what love should look like. Yep. You know, they they're they're trying to put God's love into whatever their experience has been like and that fit that that hmm. mold, you know. And a lot of them have been hurt. A lot of them have had trauma and they've they've had bad experiences with humans or with churches or whatever. Yeah. But anyways, so what what Charlie just described usually for those people is a foreign thing, <laughs> you know. They they would they don't have that framework to understand Maybe they don't have kids yet, or maybe they didn't have parents that loved them like that, or whatever it is. You know, that's what I see most often: people who who feel that way. Oh, God can't love me. They just don't understand what love is. You know, and then if they if they yeah, really but- do understand what love is and they still don't feel the way, then to me it's like, well, okay, you haven't spent enough time just beholding who God is. You know, look at what He's mm-hmm. done. Look at the faithfulness in Scripture throughout thousands of years, and of course the cross. Like that 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 piece of it. It was where it starts for them, you know, just beholding who he is and his faithfulness. Yeah, and I think it's important
2: in those conversations um, to identify that there is an element of their thinking that is correct. Um, because we are only worthy of love because God created us to be worthy of love. It's not its not something we earn from him. It's not something that we can—and and if that is our framework, if that's our paradigm, then, yeah, you are unlovable. But— <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of the gospel, right? Like, that, that even while we were we sinners, journey, right? Christ yeah. died for us. Like, that that, they're, that, they're, that God still sees us not as these despised, um, you know, depra- depraved, total depraved. Mm. Those kinds of things aren't, aren't, aren't biblical in, in the concrete sense of, of those terms, mm-hmm. right? It's just not yeah. because we have a relational God who is self-giving and loves us even in the midst of our own uh, our own ugliness, and so it's it's one I think to some degree affirming them like from a from a worldly point of view, from a, a sinful point of view, from all, all these things. Like I, I get why you would kind of have this assessment of yourself, but mm-hmm. that's where faith comes in. You know what I mean? That's where growth and knowledge comes in, in looking at the manner of love that God has lavished upon us.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so good. <clears throat> I want to um I want to share something that happened on Sunday that was like kind of a discouragement. Um because I don't know, like I think I think it's important for for us to just kind of take a hard look at ourselves in the mirror, you know? Um and I it's really hard to know what is always behind whatever happened on a Sunday morning, like good or bad, you know, like you can't see into people's hearts, you know, and there could be a a whole list of circumstances that, you know, are at play that, that could be driving something. But I just, I don't know. I feel compelled to share this. So, so uh, if you've been around, if you've been at the crossing for the past, like, I think maybe a few months we've, we've been asking um, for some 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 hands to help us uh, clean up some of the the things we do to to foster community. So you know, after the services, we really want to encourage people to to stay and visit and talk and pray and just encourage each other. You know, just fellowship, right? And so we we set up like tents and we have like you know refreshments and games and uh, places for people to pray and and all that stuff. People have to set that up. You know, it doesn't stay set up every week, right? And so we were seeing, oh, it's the same people every week doing this. So what if we just, right as the service ends, we just ask for volunteers just to stay late, forego lunch for you know thirty minutes, and um, help us clean stuff up. And um, sometimes when I ask for that for volunteers, the hands go right up, and it's and we keep it moving and all that. But uh, yesterday or Sunday, um, it was like pulling teeth, and it was just it was so weird because I was like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, dude, we just talked about (laughs) sacrificial love. And Jason was like, you know, the best way to, to, to show agape love is, is time is to give your time to people. And he said, the greatest time to do it is right now, (laughs) you know? And and I felt like, I felt like the spirit of God was moving. And like, I think I was like, yeah, people are feeling it. And then literally like, you know, Five minutes later, I'm like, hey, guys, let's let's do this. And no one raised their hands. You know, it took a while. People eventually did. But, you know, it was funny Is one of our guys from the production team up in the booth, uh, Joel French, like it was just – it was silent. And I was like, I was like, I'll stay here all day. I don't care until – you know, like I was make and then he yelled from the booth, agape love. <laughs> and, and then the final person raised, you know, raised her hand. But, you know, just uh, – I don't mean to like – point people out to make them feel bad or whatever, but, but just like, there's so much need in our church, you know, and, and there's such few people that contribute to it. And I think it's exacerbated by exacerbated by um COVID, you know, cause I think people have been like kind of in their little COVID caves and, and they're, they're less likely or less willing to get out and do stuff. Um we, we need you church family. And this is how, this is how we, we, we give, you know, um, I don't
0: know. Am I making any sense? No, you are. I think you're making sense. Yeah. I think, I mean, two things, uh, I think, oh, three things, I guess. First one I would say is, you know, uh, you're right. We don't know what people's, the circumstances were. We don't know what people right. were feeling, what was all the stuff, you know? So just because yeah. they didn't raise their hands, you don't know how God used that time to teach them about a oh, Godly love of their time or whatever. And hundred people might have left the service and gone and volunteered in ministry. You know, we just don't know, you know. Right. Right. The second thing is, I think too, just it's health, It's important to put in per- to perspective like how long cultural changes take. And at the Crossing Campus, we just that's kind of abnormal. We don't have a culture on Sundays where we're all the time being like, hey, let's get ten, five people to help with charity. Let's get five people to do this. You know, like right. on Thursdays we do it, but on Sundays we really don't. And so I would say give it like three more times doing that and then make a decision about if you think there's a healthy response or not. Because part yeah. of it might be they just feel weird because it's like, oh, they don't they do not do this normally, you know. Yeah. And then the third thing is um, – what was the third thing, Charlie?
2: Well, I think, I mean, I don't know if this is your third thing, but I'll throw a third thing in. Um, because I agree, Dan, and, and there's always going to be room for us to grow in this. Always, right? right. We said there, there is no limit to love. It's something that we, we continually have to, have to assess and, and figure out how best to do that. But I am, I will just say, I am grateful for the folks that, that do volunteer. I am grateful for the folks that are serving so faithfully. Like it is, I, yeah.
0: I am... That was the third thing. See, I
2: am encouraged wow. by, by our church body in the amount of, of folks who really do uh, sacrifice for the community. Um, but again, to, to reiterate your point, um, we will always need to be developing in that. And, and there's always yeah. going to be a need to... Um, both from from a community aspect, a, a, a united aspect, but also from an individual aspect, to to wrestle with that and say, "Am am I living for the benefit of these people? And and how can I do that better?"
0: That was yeah. the third thing. Goodness gracious! Nice. But specifically, you know, I think it's important because does it is it discouraging and concerning that we didn't have people volunteer to help set up? Yes, it is, and hopefully we grow on that. <laughs> At the same time, like man, we're about to have a a servant celebration party soon, celebrating like hundreds of of servants and volunteers doing amazing things in ministries all over through our church family. So like people are doing it and they're being really faithful. And, you know, you and I couldn't do what we do without so many people who are doing that. Oh,
1: my gosh. It's like in some
0: ways I'm so grateful and people are killing it just with some of the other ways, like that kind of thing. Maybe we can grow for sure. Well,
1: yeah, and and it's just, you know, if you're listening and – and um. And I get it, man. We've all got so much on our plates, you know? Um, but, but yeah, like, and even, you know, we, we watched that finance team video, you know, which is kind of an awkward topic for us. Cause we all, we all three of us make our, our living, you know, for, through the generosity of, of people at Valley Bible church. Um, but uh, you know, it was, it was, it was very sobering, I think for me to hear man, there's a really small percentage of people who are, who are participating in regular, regular giving, you know? And I just think, man, whether it's giving your time, you know, sacrificially or giving of your resources sacrificially, like if you're not involved in that, and I just, I just w- want to encourage you to, to just pray through that and just ask like, why, why not, you know? Um, and and maybe, maybe there's something <laughs> uh, that God wants to do in you as you participate in that, that like you're missing out on, you know, like maybe there's a sense of like ownership and belonging and um, it'll be, uh, you know, incredibly empowering and unifying, you know, as you sacrifice in those ways. So if, you know, if you're just a a person who kind of comes on Sundays and consumes um, and doesn't, doesn't sacrifice back in this kind of loving way that we're talking about, just, just ask yourself why, and ask the Lord. Invite that, invite Him into that process. And um, there's tons of needs and tons of opportunities. And whatever your gift mix is, whatever your passion is, whatever your your experience is in life, we can find a place for
0: you. Yeah, and just I can't drive this hard enough. You know, these are three three VBC pastors sitting here talking about this, and we cannot emphasize this, emphasize this enough. The point is not. Or the first point is not, hey, you need to pitch in and do your part. You know? Yeah, it's great if we all pitch in and do, do our part, but so much more important than that is if you're not sacrificing to God with your time, with your money, whatever, then the real thing is you're missing out on intimacy and hope and joy right now. Not not just in eternity, but right now in your life and your walking relationship with Jesus. You're missing out on that. It's like, hey, if you're married and you never kiss your wife, you're missing out on intimacy and joy with her that you could be having. Same thing with giving.
2: Yeah, and and I'll just say, too, because that thought process right there gets twisted very easily. And what Sean Mm. is saying is 100% right. But what we see and what what has taken place in, in our society is people taking those words and then using them to pad their own wallet. Right, like it's it's it has become a, a, an issue, and so I would even say to take it one level deeper. If if you uh, don't participate in the life of the church, if you don't sacrificially give, um, you know, from from whatever category we wanna we wanna throw at you, um, mm-hmm. you are missing out. But I would say take some time this week, take some time today, to write out. How generous our God has been to you, mm, because it is from come His on. generosity that we're generous. It is it is recognizing and understanding what His generosity looks like that gives us the capability and the freedom and even the desire to be generous with our own uh, resources. And so, so there there might just be a disconnect there where you don't operate in the reality that we serve a very generous God.
0: Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad you said that because it's, it's a good segue, actually, back to the agape thing because it's an outpouring, right? It's an outpouring in a response to you understanding and beholding God's yep. generosity. And I think mm-hmm. back to the agape conversation and love, and, man, like when you're describing my love for my daughter Wendy and and how unconditional it is, man, when we think about God's love, it just— it, it makes it feel silly to defend some of the things we defend, Yeah, you know, to, to, to fight the things we fight, whatever it is to, to get so concerned about certain rights being whatever it is. It just seems dumb if we're actually beholding him because if we are doing that, then what's the outpouring in that situation yep. is it should be humility and grace and just a steadfastness in peace, no matter what comes. And, Maybe for me, is one of my last thoughts with the the sacrificial love and agape love conversation, is actually what you sent to us, which mm-hmm. is an article about America and living life in America as Christians. But I'm just gonna read the quote that you pulled for us because I think it's so fitting. And you know, as we think about this takeaway, maybe how is this gonna change your life? Well, certainly, like do what Charlie said, do the reflection and and. And are you? Do you experience that daily? You know, do you experience God's generosity? Do you do you experience His faithfulness, His character? But as far as what that looks like with your life, you know, how is how are you responding to politics, to news, to conversations with people, whatever it is? And is that reflecting God's love? I'm going to read this quote, and then I'm going to put a cap on it, and we'll link this article in the in the show notes. Many Christians, though, are disinclined to heed calls for civility. They feel that everything they value is under assault and that they need to fight to protect it. I understand that, Dudley said. I feel under assault sometimes too. However, I also know that the early Christians transformed the Roman Empire not by demanding, but by loving. Not by angrily shouting about their rights in the public square, but by serving even the people who persecuted them. Which is why Christianity grew so quickly and took over the empire. I also know that once Christians gained political power under Constantine, that beautiful, loving, sacrificing, giving, transforming church became the angry, persecuting, killing church. We have forgotten the cross. And so convicting. And so, man, just do this, sit on that, chew on it. As you're responding to stuff... And thinking about our nation, and I think a lot of us identify that we got to take our nation back. But man, look at the example that that we see with the Roman Church and what happened. And I just think it's so just poignant that they they took over by loving and serving the people that were threatening them,
2: and that it was all anchored in the cross. Amen. It's all anchored in a God who showed His love to us first, who demonstrated that love, who sacrificed, and. And has brought us into relationship, has restored our image bearing. It's It all comes back to the cross. Spend time mm-hmm. at, at the cross, right?
0: Hey Amen. Boom. Um, Dan, um, closing that's a word. thoughts from you. <sighs>
1: Oh man. Um, you can
0: just sneeze into the mic if you want <laughs> I don't
1: know if, I don't know if our listeners would appreciate that. Um, Emily already told me she's like, "Hey, just so you know, I'm probably not going to listen to this week's podcast because uh my like stuffed up, congested, sniffly voice like really, really grinds on her. <laughs> so uh so hopefully it hasn't been too torturous for all of y'all hearing me uh, limp through this whole deal. But uh, thanks for sticking with us if you if you did.
0: Shout out to you. Shout out. All right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Uh, see y'all next week. Hope you raise your hand to help uh, stack chairs or whatever. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next week. Okay. Bye. Uh, bye, y'all. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.